welcome to Soul Connections Podcast. This is Cassie and Sarah. We just have to say thank you so, so much for all of the support that you have shown to us over this last week, or I guess a um, couple of days. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did that Wednesday night. Yeah. So what, it's Saturday night? Yeah. <laughs> and like that's after we posted our first official episode. Um, it means so much that you listen and hopefully resonate with some things that we said. Um, we would love for you to continue listening as we share our journeys. And this episode is really, really vulnerable. And I hope that you are able to find the same connection or maybe realization or light bulb moments or epiphanies, like I like to call them. Um, like the same realizations that I did when I was able to witness and sit with Sarah as she experienced a very profound journey. Um, now this experience is not a typical one and it's not a super popular um, way of healing in the mental health realm as of now. It's gaining more I would say, you know, I can tell now this might be my little like woo-woo stuff here, but I would say that we are seeing a um, I don't know, collective awareness, consciousness to to things such as uh, plant medicines, psychedelics, different modalities of healing that we're finding even in studies uh, that have not previously been, I guess, researched and delved into. And so I've kind of done my own research as well, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, gosh, yeah. I'm super nervous. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, this is a really vulnerable... Um, podcast and especially for Sarah to open up to um like does this have to be our second one like maybe we should talk about things like uh empathy and vulnerability first and maybe some like <laughs> I don't know I feel like this also is empathy and vulnerability well it's there eh? <sighs> yeah so it, as you can tell it's going to be vulnerable so buckle up oh my god and it will be good and this I know that you guys are going to find connection in this, just like I did. Um, so, Sarah, will you tell us a little bit about what your journey of healing was? Uh, well, yeah. So, in preface to sharing the story on the podcast, um, I guess I'd like to share how I was led to other modes of healing. Like, I've tried... Um, you know, regular talk therapy, um, the cognitive behavioral stuff, and even EMDR for trauma. And if you're not, like, aware or familiar of all these things, it's all good. We will also have um, podcast episodes on that kind of stuff, too. And if it interests you, great, you know, and whatever resonates with you, cool. If not, hey, you know, no big deal. Um, so, yeah, I've tried different things, even down to, like, um, yoga focused on some of that body work, massage, energy work, and different, you know, somatic approaches, and, um, you know, because very much, not only with trauma, but I just, I'm big into, like, our, our bodies are connected to our minds, and even just, like, when it comes down to health, like, gut health, and, and different things of, I don't know, how everything is, is connected and very telling, you know, body, mind, spirit, um, but yeah, like I believe there's no one set way of healing or finding answers. Like always, like I mentioned in the first podcast, like doing what resonates with you and your truth and, 
you know, that could mean trying things out for, like, a couple years or a couple times or, like, um, I remember even something my sister said in a conversation one time. She's like, you know what, sometimes try things out for a little bit. If it works, hold on to it. If it doesn't, toss it out, and you just, you keep going. Um, and so, yeah, we're all different, but for my path and the reality that trauma is stored differently and very much in our body and at that cellular level, it also causes us to create defenses and walls, uh, what I'd like to call our ego. And I mean, we all have it regardless of what you've been through. It's there to protect you, to keep you safe, to keep you going and moving through life. You know, it's definitely there for, for a purpose. Um, and so many times doing the deep work can seem or become almost impossible unless that ego, those walls, that defo- default mode network in our brain is turned way down and quite frankly through altered states of consciousness is where I think I'm finding and research is proving that that's uh that's definitely the route and now that doesn't have to be through psychedelics although we are going there today it can occur through things like meditation breath work spiritual practices in a multitude of ways Um, which I've experienced in my life. And for me, well, thanks to my therapist and her (laughs) own journey of beginning to study psychedelic psychotherapy and her interest in that regard, I found myself also doing the research, resistant at first, but curious and open to some options. But of course, for me, anything I do, (laughs) there's always that urge to do it alone and try to heal myself, that ultra independence and don't rely on or ask others for help or what? support. You? I know. What? Like, I don't want others to see that messy. Like, I got to see what it looks like first. Um, and it, yeah, so it was after, like, I had left treatment and was going back to my regular therapist and just kind of her doing her own research and and her interest. And so, um, she mentioned a few, um, a few times various psychedelics as a mean to lower my defenses and walls and allow me to get in touch with the trauma and emotions attached that I had locked away unwilling or really at this point willing, but unable to share, feel, or access. It was like this block, of course, you know, that protective ego, Um, I wanted so badly, so desperately to heal at this point. Um, I just felt like nothing was working and that I had, you know, like, I don't know. It was like I was, my life was kind of on a pause or like just not in the direction I wanted it to go. I just felt like, you know what, I decided I was going to do this work and this healing and it just felt like it wasn't working. And so I just wanted to pack up and just carry on with life, go, you know go back to work, be successful, be focused on those things of the world, basically, that the world tells us is success and happiness. Um, Even though there's that deeper part of me and that deeper knowing that was like, no, something has to work. Um, So um, I would, you know, lose hope and momentum in the journey, hitting that wall of resistance. And um, so, yeah, I think we will definitely have additional uh, psychedelic episodes, I guess you could say, maybe a series there, um, because this experience I'm sharing today is my most recent, but there were others leading up to this that allowed for this to happen and even be a thing that I'd be open to.
so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually just love what you said is that you were so desperate to heal at that point, and it just reminded me of something like I, I don't, I think it was um, the lady I nanny for actually who said this, and she said, it's like you're craving healing. And because I was like, I don't know why I'm reaching out. I don't know why I'm doing these things. I don't know. I feel like I'm a different me. But it's because my body is like craving that healing and that safety. So what you just said just really hit like something <laughs> wow. with me. Well, what you just said hit something with me because <laughs> even this week, like just um, with some people as part in my treatment team, it was a couple of times that I was like, I don't know why I'm sharing this or I don't know why I'm being so honest about where I'm at in my struggle, and then um, one of them was like, it's because you want to heal, it's because you want to get better, rather than, you know, be dishonest, yeah. and I was like, oh, I do, huh? And, <laughs> and I mean, isn't that the whole reason for this podcast, is like, because we are craving healing, and the conversations we have are healing, and you know, just like the ones we have on Marco Polo, or FaceTime, or whatever, and they are healing, and, like, that's why we talk about it, and that's why it, it hits us so much, because it means something. Yeah, we keep going there. Yeah. I think you keep, we keep going to the places and the things that um, have, like, the most importance. Like, there's a reason that you're drawn to the things that you are at the time you are. Yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to the future episodes regarding psychedelic psychotherapy, um, as I have also been continually opening up to process some trauma with the help of ketamine, um, or I guess it's called Spravato. Um, but guys, it's a game changer for me. I also want to add in this reminder that what we share, these are our experiences. And just because something works for us doesn't mean that it will work for you and vice versa. Like if something doesn't work for us, it could work for you. You know, so just keep that in mind. Like, we're not telling you this is the way of healing. This is the way of our healing and what we have found to be connecting. And, yeah. Um, okay, so Sarah, my homie, <laughs> has also had a ketamine experience. And it was so amazing. We still talk about it to this day. It was so amazing to hear about. And Sarah, will you tell us what that was like for you about the study that you were able to be part of? Oh, yeah. Um, we'll probably definitely be having the episodes probably geared more towards ketamine, um, which ketamine is a um, psychedelic, psychoactive uh, drug compound that is... Um, has actually been approved. It's used um, quite often, in, you know, to help with like treatment resistant depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, OCD, things like that. And so, yeah, about five months ago, I had the incredible opportunity to be a part of a study looking at the effects of ketamine integrated with emotion focused psychotherapy for the treatment of individuals with anorexia, which by nature has kept me pretty rigid in behaviors and in those deeply grooved pathways in my brain that I've spent a lifetime coming up against those intense fears of recovery and change. Um, I was blessed to work with some of the very best in the field of their work, and it was actually a very powerful experience that opened up things for me that 
had never been realized or connected. It allowed for further healing and deeper work in therapy following that study. Um, and I just had to put a plug in here that, you know, I don't know, I'm a big believer. You'll probably find out as I keep sharing that I'm a believer on the timing of things and the people in your life and just how things do work out and unfold. Because at that point, I I had reached, a, I guess, a, a place of, of desperation, hopelessness of, you know, being in treatment for so many months and, you know, wanting to recover, but honestly, the whole time being in there just like couldn't find that desire or motivation or even like the capacity and um, to like hold on to that and want to stay in uh, that healthy place. Like it just, it just felt so impossible and that I kept hitting this wall and coming up to this resistant and those in intense fears. Um, and so, yeah, at this point I was just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. Um, and then this opportunity came to be. And uh, soon after that, I also went to my first ayahuasca ceremony. So we will definitely be talking about that. And ayahuasca is a plant medicine, um, you know, in like the Amazon in Peru. Um, it's, it's very much mm, ceremonial, has uh, I mean, it's, you know, since the beginning of time. And for me, you'll probably also find out that, um, you know, I'm very into, I guess, uh, holistic healing, Ayurvedic practices, Eastern type medicine and, um, you know, plant, plant medicine, herbs, supplements, things like that. I've always been kind of in that route. And so I think that's also what has helped me to be more open to these things and just the reality that, uh, really, we are all connected, not even just as a human race, but um, plants, dirt, energy, like we're all made of the same stuff. Like we come from dust and not only dust, but like freaking stardust, you know, <laughs> the energy and, and the light that we all carry. And, and I mean, plants are life and, and they have power and purpose. So anyway, I, we will definitely go there. But yeah, so after that, I went to my first ayahuasca ceremony, which honestly was very challenging and opened things I was not prepared for. Um, well, then again, the medicine will give you what you need and knows when you are ready and strong enough to go deeper. And so that's where I met. My story with psychedelics as a means to heal trauma has actually unfolded rather quickly. And I may or may not have also mm, taken my first higher dose of psilocybin mushrooms three days after ayahuasca, which was the toughest night of my life um, in that regard. Somehow thinking uh, or really pleading that the mushrooms would show me or give me some semblance of love to combat the hell I was swimming in since the night of ayahuasca. And well, believe it or not, I have chosen to go to a retreat at the end of this month in Costa Rica for a week in the jungle with ayahuasca. Um, you know, and, and someone asked me, actually a couple people have, they said, well, why would you go do that? Why would you go dive deep into that after having such a hellish experience, after it being so awful for you and being so like stuck in that? And, and I just honestly, and, and I had signed up for it like pretty soon after that experience, even though it really shook me, um, there's just that inner knowing. And, and I'll talk about that a lot, but that inner knowing part of me that 
knew that that was not the end, that it just opened things up, but that it did it for a reason and that I was ready for it and that it wasn't the end of my work with this medicine and with this healing. And uh, I just knew that I needed to spend more time with it. And then that's that's where I'm going to go with that. But um, yeah, so it won't be easy, but I think uh, I think I've always known it was never going to be that way. And so today's episode, though, is going to focus on the night I asked Cassie to be a part of a mushroom journey with me by sitting and holding a safe space and presence for me, all really experimental, quite frankly, to see if I'd be more open and allow walls to be down and emotions to come up, and if it even made a difference to have someone there in a safe and loving relationship. Again, because I like to do everything on my own. Um, but that's just not how healing works. And that's what this whole podcast is about. And what we've come to find is, you know, there's no way to, to heal alone. I mean, it just, it doesn't happen. Our, our soul dies in isolation and in trying to do it all alone, it becomes overwhelming. Um, but yeah, I wanted to see what it could feel like if there was someone I completely trusted to allow my walls to come down with. And it was truly powerful and just bore witness to me of how, vital relational healing from trauma is to have safe people and space to heal and process and it made the work of the plant medicine that much more powerful and meaningful um yeah so uh and today cassie will join in as well to share her experience in this journey with me of what she experienced in it um, with me as my trip sitter, and I have to say, she did damn well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It was my first time. <laughs> um, but it was so beautiful to witness, and actually, when you were saying that, I just, like, got, like, chills a little bit, actually, because it was, guys, it was so connecting, and I don't know. I, I'm excited for her to share um, so, like, I think we should just dive in, and so, for those who don't know, will you share, like, how you start out this journey with the uh, mushrooms, and what did it feel like physically, and then, of course, emotionally, just tell us about your experience that night. Okay, yeah, um, I mean, I kind of hate that I'm talking, like, so much, but, uh, I guess this is kind of where it's going. And I'm not going to share like certain details and specifics of things, but I guess a little background of kind of with psilocybin mushrooms, um, what it does is allow for that, that ego, those defensive and protective walls to come down a bit. And it just, you know, obviously depends on the amount you take. And I knew that I was going to just take enough to um, be in a space that I could have conversation, that I could still be, like, present and feel safe, and, um, yeah, so, which, this is where, uh, our very first episode, that little nine-minute intro that we just on the fly did, um, that night, it was like, ah, hell, let's just start our podcast, we've been talking about it, like, let's just go all in, so, yeah, at that moment, I had <laughs> taken them, and I was like, all right, let's go. I don't even give. Like, yeah, so I took them. We started that podcast. Yeah. We started talking, um, and I don't know. Do you want to share? Yeah, that? well, so, hmm. well, 
like we didn't plan anything for that like nothing and I literally hit record on my phone and because like there's a podcasting app and I literally hit record and like we just talked and we had nothing planned and it was interesting because there was a point in it that Sarah (laughs) the mushrooms were starting to hit her and like went, the hue of the energy and the light in the room changed and I just kind of went like whoa and I was it was at the end of me talking one of those little segments and then you took over and I could tell yeah I was like I don't want to mess you up I, like I know I kept like distract you. I kept looking at her to make sure she was okay so that if you go back and listen to it there's a silent part where I'm just like uh so and that was the part that I could tell that it was she was starting to feel something but hey like you did great and then I jumped back in to say a few things and I mean, I think it helped me just be more open and less anxious, although, you know, there was definitely still some anxiety there um, later on in the night. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you want me to just kind of say, like, how it started? Or? Yeah. Um, <laughs> As yeah. After we did the podcast. Yeah. So then yeah, we, we, wrapped, after that? we wrapped that up, uh, that little short intro. Um and, and then, you know, obviously it hit me and I was okay for a minute. Um, but then, I yeah, I started to notice kind of the hue of things changing a little bit. You know, honestly, it was beautiful, like kind of a soft golden uh, feeling to things. And uh, but, yeah, I definitely at one point was like, um, I'm, I need to lay down on the floor right now. And uh, I, I got very antsy and anxious, breathing a little faster, more shallow. I started organizing and moving things, like noticing any slight out of order or not perfectly placed object. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, no, I have to fix this. Wait, one more thing. Oh, I need to fix these books, this shelf, the, the corner of the bedding. And Cassie was like, okay, one more thing. Like, <laughs> You can fix one more thing, and then just like, it's okay. Like, it's me. <laughs> I don't care that your books are not in alphabetical order. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, 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 wait, wait. The corner of my bedding. I need to, I need to pull it down. Yeah. Ah, it's not straight. And you're like. My sock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there, too. Um, yeah, and so I... I knew I needed to lay down and get still and quiet and breathe. It was like, okay, all right, you know, I can get antsy and anxious. Um, But, yeah, so I lay down and I just started to breathe, calm down a bit, and then that's when it hit me. And tears just started, like, leaking out of my eyes. Um, I knew emotions were coming up and, like, I couldn't understand them. Like, I was like, I don't know what this is. But, like, I also didn't like question it or deny it I just knew like I didn't understand it but that it could come up and I could remain with it nonetheless and that doesn't happen with me if I am just in regular consciousness I'm very much in that logical mind and I have to know why something's there and if I don't know then it needs to go away and so that allowed for that to go down um And it was in that moment that as the tears were coming down and I just was kind of just looking up at the ceiling and it hit me um, because, yeah, I have been resistant to this idea and these thoughts of continuing down this route as a modality of healing for me. Like I could see it, you know, the research and scientific part because I'm big into that as far as like, you know, making sense of things and then also just... um, 
yeah, my receptiveness to it and having someone there I have been so resistant to. And, and it was in that moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like, I guess I was having some struggles with the idea of going further in this route. And, um, I realized that, um, the people in my life that, that care about me and want to be there, that they're not so, they weren't so adamant about my walls coming down so that they could be like, ha ha, I got your walls down. Like now we can do the work. I realized it wasn't about that at all. Like this whole time, it, um, and that those protective and defensive parts of me were so afraid, um, you know, that the intention of others was just to get, you know, my walls down for their gain. And that there was like that, that confusion and just that lack of safety feeling. But then suddenly I realized, no, like the people that care and that are part of my journey and my team, they just want to be there for the repair. Like they want to be and show a safe relationship so I can heal and repair and it just hit me like the power of safe relational healing and I just started to cry more and it it was never like sobbing or weeping it was just these silent tears just like flowing out I was like ah damn faucet is broken like my (laughs) leaky I was like I swear I ripped these tear ducts out when I was like three but um so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And Cassie was just there, like, you know, um, just sitting there, just being there. And, and I'll share a lot of how she she was there for me, and it was everything that I needed. And she was just so good. <laughs> um, it was such a special, like, like Sarah mentioned, she she has walls, like we all do. I have these walls, too. And... It's hard to let people in because I think, like I said in the first episode, is like, what if people hurt you? What if they see that you are not 100% or what if they see that you are a little bit messy? And so, like, getting, like, at that very beginning part where I could see, like, her walls coming down a little bit, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, Mm. so awesome. (laughs) I was so scared. I was like, ah. And we'll talk about that because there would be times where I was like, uh-oh, I'm feeling more emotion. And I'd be like, are you okay? Are you good? Like, do you need a do you need a pillow, blanket, <laughs> snack? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Like, you can go home now. I was like, oh, you need to go. Um, or uh, I need to run. Um, and so we, we definitely went through that. She was so good. In fact, one time I was like, is this my 27th time to ask you if you need anything or caretake? And... <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there it's so many times that she was trying to caretake me and I like allowed it to, you know, there's like a part of her that wanted to caretake me. Which was to... so good of you to like allow it to be instead of being so adamant on no, I'm taking care of you. Like you were so good to like let me I can't even describe. Like you were so intuitive and like like, holy crap, you knew exactly what to do, even though you had never experienced that on that end as far as being there with someone. Like, I, it really helped me. In fact, I knew it in the moment. I was like, oh, she's so good to, like, let me just be a freak like this. And, <laughs> and uh, it, well, and yeah, it was, I, I don't know. It was really cool to, to go into this experience with the intention of allowing Cassie to, like, take care of me like I knew going into this that this was going to be a situation and experience where like I was asking her 
like ahead of time, like, hey, will you be willing to sit with me in this regardless of like what comes up or what I experience? Because like, it's going to be different every time. You never know. Like, but that's, I guess, where the surrender comes in. Yeah. So, ooh, surrender. Yeah. And I remember you asking me, or I think I asked you before, I was like, so what? do you want me to do like what is a safe thing that I can do to make sure that you feel safe because and we'll and I think Sarah will talk about this um later in this episode but um I you know with certain traumas you don't know if touching somebody is an okay thing to do um especially if you have witnessed somebody who has had a flashback or PTSD or anxiety attacks a lot of times people don't want to be touched and so and we kind of didn't I didn't ask her if she'd like wanted to be touched before and I really wish I had because a lot came up that later oh yeah like we talked about the next day kind of yeah how we both had the thought of like oh I really need like a hand on my shoulder or like someone close to me and then you also mentioned to me having the thoughts of like maybe she I know maybe you need a hug or maybe you but I I didn't want to like cross your like boundaries or like you know what I mean like yeah it was kind of and I mean now we know and and there was that that wisdom and learning in the after fact of it but just yeah yeah it was just interesting that we both like like that connection physical like safe physical touch is so important and so healing and like you I think we just, like, take it for granted, or it's, um, I don't know. Like, Sarah and I used to never hug, like, ever. Yeah, I think I, I think, yeah, like, I think I was always, like, hesitant because I think we're both so sensitive to, like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, if that's safe for you or if that's okay or, like, you know, your own personal boundaries or if you're anti, like, don't touch me, be, yeah, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) But it's actually very interesting after we went through that and then after just, like, the starting of this podcast and then just, you know, going through the grief and loss of, like, your grandma and things, everything in just the past few weeks and stuff. It's like, yeah, I just want to freaking, like, hug your stinking guts, man. (laughs) Like, I love you. Yes. (laughs) We just hugged, yeah. Nah. Anyway. Um, Yeah. And, and just how vital and powerful that is, and I think, and it's really cool to, to see that. But yeah, I mean, you were so good, like, as things would come up, and like, random memories, and then like, emotions, and just like, start to kind of whimper, and I would kick, um, like, just as, like, I just, I just wanted to, I guess, kick it out, like, I would have stuff come up that was really rough for me, and I didn't know where to go, and oftentimes, when that happens in real life, I, uh, I panic and I have to like go run literally like I'm out. Like, you know, even though those things, um, of the past are no longer, it just continues. If you know, like trauma, PTSD, some of those things, you that, that automatic system of like fight or flight. And so, um, but yeah, Cassie was so good to just encourage me to move through it and kick it out when I would say, ah, I don't know what to do. I just want to kick my legs. And then sometimes I would sit up and say, um, I think I need to run or you need to go. And she would just acknowledge it. Like she wouldn't say, no, you don't need to. Like she was like, she would acknowledge that I felt that and then let me move through every thought and emotion. Like, holy cow, she 
is incredible. I just have to say. Um, yeah. And I mean, and we would just like have conversations like about what we were doing that next day or like what she was working on in classes or like family. Like I would just ask her questions. and But it was interesting how it would lead to, I don't know, other emotional breakthroughs and things. And then I'd start crying. <laughs> yeah. It was weird because like even though I wasn't the one that was like under the influence of the mushrooms, like stuff was coming up for me to see her in this vulnerable and, like, just, like, this connecting place. Stuff was coming up for me, and I would just say stuff, and then she would be like, oh, my gosh, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then she'd get emotional, and then I would get a little emotional, and it was, like, it was awesome. Yeah, I'd be like, no, Cassie, I need you to know. And I just, like, kept checking on her and caretaking um again like when she was there to hold space and take care of me I kept resisting that um or would I would allow a little bit um and then shoot right back to checking that she was okay and comfortable or if she needed to go um all the things and I also know and knew because we have good boundaries and that I can trust like you know, if she did need to go or if things were getting rough for her, that I could trust that she would be honest with me. And I think that's what made this so much more um, easier or okay for me to do is that I could trust that from her and know that she would keep herself safe too because that's a big thing for me. Like I'm not going to – I'm very protective of others as well and their energy and their safety, and so that was a big thing. I think that's what's really helpful in our relationship that we have is that we are both very sensitive to each other's like emotions. And if you listeners out there, if you are in the therapeutic realm as a therapist or as a client or as whatever, and you know that there's like boundaries and it's like not the best thing to connect on, um, like we talked about like the eating disorder or like behaviors or something like that and that's why Sarah and I I think we've been able to make this relationship be so beneficial is because it's not on that stuff and when stuff comes up for us we're able to take a step back and be like "Mm, I need some space or there was a time that came up that I was like maybe you should talk to your therapist about that yeah and And I knew that too even under the influence of the plant medicine that I knew like you saying that was protecting you and then I also knew that I you know like I could process that but not say anything further yeah like keep both of us safe yeah and notice that yeah and that's what boundaries are for <laughs> and I'm excited for one day when we do an episode on boundaries because <laughs> is this a boundaries thing is this a boundaries thing <laughs> that's because something we've we're said. very aware <laughs> of each other's boundaries like we don't want to cross them we don't want to like be negative influences on each other and so I'm really glad that it was able to be like a safe place for you well and I think I tend to be more rigid in I guess what you would call boundaries like most of the time with people in relationships probably to a fault I'm more like uh probably more closed up and rigid I've always been that way because of the fear of like I don't want to like let people in or make anything like uh, codependent or you know it's very much like I'm not I'm, codependent yeah like I'm just gonna be ultra independent quite frankly rather than <laughs> you know have any um interdependence yeah. there but um yeah so she was just I just I can't get over it that she really Cassie was so good and she would just take note and take notice of that 
caretaking part of me and she's like oh it's so strong like I wonder why and then that would lead me to being you know inquiring of like why do I feel such a strong need to take care of everyone else and why am I so concerned and worried about their safety and protection so then you know that led to all memories and thoughts of of that kind of stuff um but I also want to share like how I would get emotional like towards her I guess because guys I can't describe it but like I could just see all this light and love that I saw and felt in her like literally I could see this image of golden soft light flowing out of her like glitter in a lava lamp just that gentle like guys I am not a glitter person I'm like ew get that shit away from me like (laughs) clean that up uh but it was like that gentle glowing flowing glitter like I like I I don't know but it had this maternal safe energy and I literally could see and feel her soul's energy and its great power and purpose to love others so completely and that she was here like she's here in this life and on this earth for such great work in so many ways and I would cry and tell her how I needed her to understand and see how powerful her natural gift of compassion and being a safe space is so powerful. Like, I just, I was like, I just need you to see this. Like, I can't describe what I saw and felt, like, on a deeper level. And, I mean, I always knew that about Cassie. Like, duh. And I just, but in this experience, I was so adamant that I needed her to know and it may have not come out verbally, but, like, in my mind, I was like, I ha- she has to know. Like, I have this. Anyway, and so that that was a thing. Uh, yeah, and it came up the next day when I asked her, like, what? Oh, it came up, like, later, I guess. I was, you know, just in our conversations. I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And then she mentioned how she was going to watch um, her niece, and then I got emotional again and said, Cassie, you are so good. You are so, so good. Like, I was like, I remember this very vividly. I was laying on the ground, and I was like, that sweet girl needs you in her life, and you are saving her, and your presence and love will forever bless her, and it does the same for others, and damn it, I need you to give it to you, yourself, and little Cassie, okay, so please work on that, okay, because you are so good, your whole soul, Um, yeah, and I was just like crying, like I was like, I need you to see it, man, and so, (laughs) I don't know, yeah, how is that, like, I don't know if you experienced that the same way, but maybe that's how I felt, like, more of the emotion was inside of me, but I needed you to know. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't see what you saw, um, but the emotion I saw on your face was, like, love. It just, like, I don't know, it was so, it was so, I didn't really, I don't feel comfortable when people tell me nice things I know, about I know. myself. Um, and I was so set on it, and the, or at least I needed to tell you the next day how it was for me. Yeah, yeah. And she she went on like to tell me all these things, and I just sat there and listened, and I was like, "Thank you so much for saying that." And it's hard to, um, it's hard to accept things that maybe you don't believe for yourself. But like what I did believe was Sarah's belief in it, and uh, yeah, I yeah. I saw the love like. I just love you, man. (laughs) I just saw the love, like, as she was saying these things. And so that's what I connected with is connecting to that vulnerability of her saying those things because, I don't know, sometimes saying those things is a little vulnerable. And, I mean, you don't – 
have to feel it or believe it right now, but we'll we'll get you in one of these experiences. You'll you'll understand what I mean. Just <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> um, but oh, here here's another thing. So like some of my protective like those walls showed up um, through various times uh, throughout the night. It was only like about two hours, and then you know I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed, and you can go home. Um, but there was like a number of times where I needed to find control, rigidity, or I would freak out because, like, those normal behaviors and obsessions, compulsions were not there, and I was like, ah, like, oh, when my left and right socks were on the wrong feet, so yes, uh, a lot of my socks, I have, like, a lot of running socks and, like, tech, technical type ones, and they, you know, had the left and right on them, uh, whatever, okay, <laughs> and so, um, I noticed that they were on the wrong feet, and I cried and had to switch them. Um, I was like, no, because, like, the material and the way that it's sewed, it has to be on the inseam of your your arch and your blah, blah, blah. And then so I got all mad that I hadn't done that. And then my leggings were all twisted on my legs and not straight, and I was like, what the hell? My pants are not perfectly on me. And then I cried and apologized to Cassie for my closet clothes not being in color order. Um, and so it was like, oh my, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, it's not, everything is not perfect for you. And you're seeing my mess. Like, I'm not prepared for this. Um, oh, and then she went to the bathroom. Yes. This is it, (laughs) y'all. Like, I apologized for not having good enough toilet paper, um, and cried that she deserved better than the cheap one-ply shit. Um, like, I was like, I'm, uh, like, I literally was like, I'm so sorry, like, money was tight, and I just had to get whatever I could this week, and it's just cheap stuff, and your butt deserves better, <laughs> like, Charmin Ultra, <laughs> like, uh, I was just going on, I was like, I, yeah, yeah. She, she seriously cried because of the one-ply toilet paper, and I was like, dude, good yeah so that's that's now a joke we we talk about that we take note of toilet paper you know oh, wherever yeah. we're at we're like oh this this is good stuff and then <laughs> yeah I was at my dad's house <laughs> the next day I was at my dad's house the next day and I I went to the restroom and they had like Charmin Ultra Plush and I was like wow is this have other half lips <laughs> I was like I'm so sorry Cass but we have since upgraded um here so that's a good thing uh but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going to share like every detail here, but I just, you know, the power of connection. And I mean, there was one point um, where I I was going through a rough moment and was kind of just like whimpering and kicking and like I had to just kind of lay back down and get still. And um, but my blanket wasn't over me at this time. And I and I just had said I was like, I need my blanket over me but for some reason I just couldn't do it for myself it was too overwhelming or I was too scared and so yeah she just like placed it over me and and I was just like when she did and she's like there there and just like patted me and I didn't realize how much I needed that like just safe touch and also um I just got emotional again it was like these waves of emotion I was like thank you thank you and the fact that I could ask her like for what I needed and that I could feel safe in allowing someone to do that. I, it, like, even those little tiny things were so, like, monumental, I guess, so healing and powerful. The tiny little things of that night, like, made a world of a difference in just these the steps to my healing. So, yeah. There was a time that, I think it was around that same time, that you reached out your hand 
Like you wanted me to hold your hand, like we just like to touch. Like, I did. Like I was like, "Are you there?" And like and I, I just like, kind of yes, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think at that moment too, I just wanted to kind of like scoot next to you, like have my head by your leg or something, like. Um, but yeah, and so we definitely we talked about it like the next day or whatnot. But yeah, I went through all kinds of you know different phases and whatnot, um, and then. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we can kind of wrap up, though. Like, it was like, you know, we went through those times of where I would freak out and have to, like, have things a certain way, and then I would let her be there and process. Oh, one of the major things is, yeah, I sat up, and she mentioned, like, the caretaking part being pretty strong, and I kind of explained um, that that's just what I had to do, and, you know, you take care of and protect others, and... uh, And then I just, I, like, put my hand over my heart. Like, my heart, it hurt. And I, like, it was like I was trying to pull it out or open it up. And I kept covering it. And I was like, oh, it hurts. Like, this wall over my heart. It's just so thick. And it's such, like, a tiring, exhausting 24-7 job to keep these walls up. And I was like, I just need it to open. And, And then I was like, oh, my gosh. That's the only way I can heal. I have to put these walls down and let people in. The only way that the that pain is going to be healed as if there's others there in it. And it was just like this reality and this click and, oh, and I just started to cry and like just the feeling of my heart needing to be open and not having to work so hard to hold that up and just relent and surrender, um, to the love. And, um, yeah, so it was around like 10 PM, uh, two hours later, I told Cassie, like she could go and I needed to sleep and all. And, so I told her, you know, I'll be okay. I was good. I was ready to sleep. I, you know, it was like this knowing that I had allowed her someone safe to stay and allowed her to see me and be there. And it was not like I was pushing her away at this point. It wasn't like you need to go and do it alone kind of thing. But this knowing that I had done some hard work and stayed with it and that that was like a good spot to rest and be alone um, and, you know, take it in, go to sleep. And so before she left, she asked me if like, um, if I wanted the door locked, like my, you know, and, uh, it was this like powerful moment again, like everything was just so like powerful. Um, and something in me said, no, you don't need to lock it. You can leave it unlocked. And the moment I said it, it was like this lump of emotion came to my throat and I knew the very act of leaving my door unlocked meant a lot more to me that night. It was like this powerful, uh, repair and safety, Like, I was more so saying, you can leave this experience open. I can leave my walls and emotions open, and it's safe. And the message to myself was, leave it unlocked. This journey is safe. And, um, yeah, so that was really cool. I think something (laughs) also just to, like, wrap up is that that unlocking is you – we are still, like, allowed to talk about that experience, and you haven't – like locked up you know internally and here we're talking about it again and and (sighs) that was more symbolic I think than we realized at the moment I didn't realize anything at the moment I was like I know you had no idea and I was like no (laughs) but but inside of me it was yeah yeah, all of those things were turning yeah so guys what if you opened up and were vulnerable and had an experience with a safe person and then left it unlocked to process with more safe people. Oh, yeah. 
which is what I've gone on to do. Like I've allowed this to be another, um, I guess, stepping stone, another point of continuing that process of staying open and allowing for more people to also be there in that openness and, and similar experiences and further work. Um, yeah, you're so right. And, and you guys, like it doesn't have to be anything wild or totally psychedelic like this, but, um, like you can have healing and power in safe relationship in so many ways, um, in connecting, you know, breath work and yoga, you know, going on a hike, being in nature, or just allowing people to be there in a, in a vulnerable, open conversation. And so I guess we just want to hit home the power of healing and safe relationship. I mean, that's what it's all about is, uh, uh, yeah, and so I allowed that to be a thing, and it has since transformed me and allowed me to continue further. And I mean, you know, I definitely still have my days, my struggles, my moments and times of closing up, running away, isolating. And I know I've talked about how isolation is, you know, that killer. Um, but it, my work isn't over. My journey isn't through. And this is just one of those parts uh, that contribute to the healing. Yeah. yeah. Guys, there's power in safe relationships and there's power in safety. And I just also want to say thanks to Sarah for sharing that because it was such a, it was such a vulnerable thing to share, like even just to share with me and like let alone all of these random people and some friends and family who are listening, um, who we love so dearly. But it is vulnerable and it's so connecting and I hope that you were able to connect to that or connect to the emotion behind maybe feeling lonely or feeling like you need connection and that's what you're craving so thanks again for listening and that's yeah. a wrap yeah we'll see you in the next podcast you know what actually I think I'm gonna maybe just stick to this little trend even though it's only a second episode but just kind of ending with a quote I'm big on that and connecting to words and so uh, I actually just read this right before we started our podcast uh, recording. It says, anything you accept fully will take you into peace. This is the miracle of surrender. So I don't really like the word surrender, but you guys, there's a miracle and a power in it. So let's do this. Thanks for listening. See ya.